Welcome back to another episode of Don't Ghost Your Brain, the podcast where we dive into the fascinating world of neuroscience and psychology. I'm your host, Camille Casper, and the title of today's episode is The Psychology of Perfectionism. We're going to be talking about what is perfectionism and where in the brain it is activated, what causes perfectionism, and the mindset behind a perfectionist. I'm also going to give you tips on how to recognize and combat perfectionism as a whole. So we've got a lot to talk about today, so let's get right into it. Essentially, I was scrolling online one day and I found a video that inspired this entire episode and I wanted to quote the analogy before we started. So it was Brene Brown and she was speaking at some sort of talk show and she said, when perfectionism is driving, shame is always riding shotgun and fear is the annoying backseat driver. And that hooked me immediately. I was like, whoa, yeah, I can relate. And she goes on to say, we struggle with perfectionism in areas where we feel most vulnerable to shame. And here's what perfectionism really is. It's a way of thinking that says this. If I look perfect, live perfect, work perfect, I can avoid or minimize criticism, blame, and ridicule. And all perfectionism is, is the 20-ton shield that we carry around hoping that it will keep us from being hurt when in truth what it does is it keeps us from being seen And healthy striving is internally focused because I want to do this and I want to be the best that I can be while perfectionism is about what will people think. So her quote, it just inspired this episode and I feel like she's kind of explaining something that's around perfectionism, but I think that perfectionism has levels and there was definitely a point in my life where I felt the need to have the perfect grades, the perfect friendships the perfect family, the perfect body, the perfect hair, the perfect looks, the perfect life essentially. And the harder I tried at achieving every single one of these pillars of my life, the more I realized you can't be perfect. Perfection wasn't a part of the code for humans and that's okay. Life is always going to change and we're never going to have everything at the same time and that's okay as well. So when I realized this, it changed my life and I still work hard at what I do, but I focus less on the perfectionism than I do on the quality or the depth of my work. Though my biggest pet peeve is when people assume I'm a perfectionist and I've had this before and I think it might just be a defense mechanism because there are times when I try to make something perfect, but when someone labels me as a perfectionist, it really hits deep because I've worked so hard at steering away from the perfectionist route. So Basically, this episode is coming from someone who also feels like she was a perfectionist. Um, Anyways, that's my little blurb, but uh, let's get into the details of perfectionism. So the definition of perfectionism, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it has a lot of layers, like I said earlier. And whenever I think of a true perfectionist, I think of Paris Geller from Gilmore Girls. And if you don't know the show, I highly, highly recommend on Netflix. It is long, though. Um, I've watched it already five times and it's a masterpiece and I love how fast they talk and that's probably why I talk so fast on here. Um, But anyways, if you don't know her character, she's just the most high achieving student in her class next to the main character, but they're always in competition and she measures her self-worth by her achievements. And I think what a lot of that is related to is perfectionism. So I don't know if you saw my video, 
kind of like it did better than the usual ones so that's kind of that was my hint you know this week for what the episode would be about but the definition of perfectionism is the drive to appear feel and be perfect and although society generally views perfectionism as a positive attribute can also have negative effects mentally and just like in your self-esteem as a whole and so though perfectionist has excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluations they insist on perfection and accept nothing shy of flawlessness this can manifest in um, criticism of yourself or in others and attempts to control the situations and control people so that if you can control it then you can make it perfect and that's kind of what it was so there was this article by Very Well Mind that I thought did a great job at listing 10 decently common signs that you might be able to spot in yourself or in other people that you know um, about signs of uh, perfectionism. But I can also talk about how to deal with perfectionists if that's something that you guys are interested. But in this episode, I think I'm going to focus more on tendencies of it and the psychology and the behavioral psychology of it. And then also I'll just talk about like how you can kind of slowly get out of that mindset. So first of all, speaking of mindset, it's the all or nothing mindset. And perfectionists are high achievers and they set hard goals and they work hard to achieve at these practically impossible goals. And so while high achievers can be satisfied with doing a great job and achieving the excellence, Even if their goals aren't completely met, a perfectionism will accept nothing less of perfection. So when they do something that is almost perfect or close to perfect, that feels like a failure. Even if there was so much work put into that and it was almost perfect, it just feels like a failure. And it doesn't stop there because if they do reach perfection, then it's just a small celebration and then off to the next goal. Because in your brain, you're not getting the dopamine once you do the goal once you hit that goal you're actually getting it while you are chasing it so I hope that kind of makes sense um but it doesn't stop there because once you do reach that perfection or in that one little goal you're going to go off to the next goal and the next assignment and the next deadline and the next anything because once you understand that you can be perfect in one thing you're going to try and be perfect in anything and that's just so unrealistic but it's a mind trap so i'll try and explain more about that later but second we have um those who are highly critical so perfectionists are more critical to themselves because they take pride in their accomplishments and they tend to be supportive of others yet perfectionism perfectionists often mistake uh, spot mistakes and imperfections in others but mainly in themselves. And so depending on how nice a person, they could tell you to your face about your imperfections, kind of like Paris Geller. Um, But other than that, they just keep it to themselves and they notice their own imperfections and then that's what they work on. That could be one of their goals, right? So a lot of people that are perfectionism struggle with eating disorders because they're trying to control. It is like almost a safety mechanism because they're trying to control a situation to make it perfect to make themselves perfect and what they think their body should look like to be perfect so that's a way of controlling your situation and um, that's a very common sign in perfectionism is eating disorders right 
So third, they said that having the feeling of being pushed by fear. So when high achievers are dreaming big and they have big goals, there's an obvious desire to achieve them, right? And they're happy with any steps in the right direction, but they're also afraid of failing. And anything less than a perfectly met goal, essentially, right? So this is a huge part of perfectionism because like Brene Brown said, fear is always going to be that backseat driver when you fail. And when you do fail, you're going to feel shame. And that's the person riding shotgun. And I love this analogy because it works so well because yes, we are afraid. Obviously we have to be afraid of failing as humans because back to an evolutionary sense, right? You have to be afraid of failing because if you fail at getting your food or if you fail at running away from an animal or if you fail at recognizing which thing is going to hurt you, then you're going to die, right? So we have to be afraid of failing, but when it's taken too far, that's when we start treading into the perfectionism area. This article also has a few others that I feel like I've kind of already talked about. I've kind of already explained, like having those unrealistic standards or focusing only on the results or just being depressed by an unmet goal, the feel of failure. Um, Procrastination also is a big one. So when you, this is kind of what I talked about in my episode about procrastination. When you know that this task you're going to do is going to be hard and there is a big chance of you failing at it. Why would you want to do that when you know that it's going to be hard and you know that you might fail and you might feel regret, right? So you're kind of weighing out the pros and cons when you're procrastinating. And so it doesn't seem right that um, a procrastinator is also a perfectionist, right? That doesn't seem like a personality trait that would fit. But research has found that a perfectionist person who isn't able to adjust their situation or their environment or isn't able to control that, right? It's called maladipative perfectionism, and it's often more prone to procrastinate than, you know, the average person. And so this reason for this because is because they are fearing that failure, as, as they do, or as everyone, but in their case especially, even more. And so perfectionists will sometimes worry so much about doing something so imperfectly that they become immobilized and fail to do anything at all. And so that type of procrastination can then lead to greater feelings of failure. And then it just comes this vicious cycle of just like, I don't want to fail, but I have to do it, but I don't want to fail, but I have to do it, you know, so that just kind of that cycle. And then the thing is defensiveness and low self-esteem. I feel like that's a big one that is covered up the most by perfectionism, by perfectionists, because you don't want to show that you are hurting or you don't want to show that you are imperfect. And while you're tearing yourself apart for every little thing, you're obviously going to have low self-esteem because if you are going to find them. And so although striving for perfectionism is is associated with higher self-esteem, usually someone with a perfectionist personality evaluates themselves really critically. So that is where that low self-esteem comes in. And so perfectionists uh, perfectionists can also be lonely or isolated because usually when they're so critical of themselves, they're obviously going to be critical to the people that they love the most. Um, And they're going to just be pushing others away. So that can often lead to even lower self-esteem and ultimately have a serious impact on the person's self-image and overall life satisfaction while also impacting their relationships, you know. 
So um, I want to talk about those were kind of I really like this article. It's just kind of a very basic like what are the qualities of perfectionism? Can you see them in yourself? Do you see them in people that you love? Like, is this something that you can relate to? Right. So for me, like at one point, yes, like I could I could check every box. Um, and I don't know how many people, but I think that a lot of these things, like there have been situations that everyone has been in where they want to make something perfect, whether it's something they're passionate about or whether it's in school or whether it's like just because they have expectations in certain places or they had to make money. You know, there's a lot of different scenarios. I think that in some, there had to have been a scenario where you wanted to make something perfect, but when that keeps on going on, that's when it gets harmful. So I also wanted to talk about um, this one article by Psych Central and it was more about like where does this perfectionism come from? So the roots of perfectionism, it says, is believing your self-worth is based on your achievements. That's why I say Paris Geller. <laughs> Please watch the show or at least check out the video so you at least can put a face to the name um, because she put all of her self-worth on her achievements, you know, her grades or what school she got into, or, you know, just kind of how she was succeeding and things like that, right? So when you put yourself on your self-worth on your achievements, then obviously you're going to um, keep on chasing those goals. So that's where this pattern can get into. So, but it's also in psychology, we see that patterns in childhood development. So when you have rigid high parental parental expectations you're more likely to be a perfectionism a perfectionist also when you're just highly critical shaming or just have like abusive parents it might not be like physically abusive but it could be verbally abusive you might be trying to do everything in your power to control your situation so that you avoid it and that's where that perfectionism tendency can come in even just excessive praise for your achievements if your parents are really loving, right? But they give you even more praise when you complete an assignment or you get a good grade or you get an award, right? If you get excessive praise for that, that's where those tendencies can come in. Um, low self-esteem or just feeling inadequate. When you are already at a low self-esteem, you're going to be more susceptible to pick at your own insecurities and then that's where that perfectionism tendency can come in. Um, just in general, believing your self-worth is determined by your achievements, uh, black and white thinking as well, and efforts to feel in control and just cultural expectations as well. Those are just kind of like the more general, um, like pools that we see where people who experience perfectionism tendencies, this is kind of where it's coming from. And, but usually the most common one is just to grow up with unrealistic expectations from parents or from caretakers or from anyone who, you know, you looked up to when you were growing up. So I think that's pretty common for people because a lot of a lot of parents want the best for their children. But sometimes the children get so caught up in trying to, you know, get that approval that they, you know, like hurt themselves because they are putting themselves under so much pressure to feel that approval. And then just kind of continuing on this article, being perfect can also be a defense mechanism against a chaotic or unpredictable or unsafe home, right? So this is kind of what I was talking about. Having those impeccable grades or even having a restrictive diet to create 
you know, that perfect body. Because a lot of like Western culture, it really prioritizes um, tall, very slim Caucasian models, right? I feel like that was a big thing from even like the 1950s till I would argue now. Um, I mean, it's a way less common now. I mean, I think there's a lot more diversity than there was in the 1950s. But I think that just having that strong media presence, that also contributes. Um, But just having, the main thing is just having that control or predictability that you can, you know, personally do to save a situation or to just uh, have that love and acceptance. Whatever is going to make you feel the best, that's what you're going to try and control. So, um... A lot of cultures and institutions, even schools promote sometimes perfectionism mindset. When you have a, if you're at a really rigorous school, it's obviously that competition and you, you want to have that approval and those awards and those good grades. So working hard and being a perfectionist can just a lot of like a larger institution is teaching and reinforcing that there is a standard of worthiness or anything less than failure is a sign of inherent unworthiness. So that can also be very toxic and that's where it can come from. I think for me especially, um, this article also says that perfectionism is self-imposed. I think that that's where mine came from. Even if your parents didn't expect perfectionism, um, you may have set the standard for yourself just because you wanted to be perfect and just whatever it came from. It could be a collection of all these things, um, but this is just kind of like the psychology that I, when I was researching, these were the most common things that I was coming across that a lot of psychologists agree upon where the perfectionism tendencies come from. Another thing that I found really, really interesting was, remember when I said that I thought that there were like layers to perfectionism? Um, I kind of found this thing and it was this article called how perfectionism is creating failure in your mind, right? And so it says that there are three, generally three different forms of perfectionism. So self-oriented, other-oriented, and socially prescribed perfectionism, right? You might not be having pressure from yourself. You might be having outside pressure or you might be. So that's what I'm saying. There are different forms of perfectionism and that's why I think it touches so many different people. Um, So the first one, uh, when it's self-oriented, it means that you believe you need to be flawless, that you need to be the best person you could possibly be and probably not in the healthiest ways, right? So that's that first perfectionism. And then the second one where it's other-oriented, you believe that others around you need to be perfect. And this means that insinuating that he or she or whoever is also perfect that you are perfect. So the people around you need to be perfect. So you try and control that. And then lastly is the socially prescribed perfectionism. And that one is the inner belief that the society around you wouldn't accept you if you were not perfect. If you don't have those unachievable accomplishments, then no one's going to accept you. And so what was really interesting about this article was that it was titled why perfectionism is stopping you from achieving your goals right failure in your mind and so it had this little map where it said unachievable goals right and then an arrow to stress right which activates the amygdala and then that triggers the anxiety and the negative emotions and it's just this vicious cycle right 
And then I found something else that actually perfectionists and their brains could be activated differently than people who don't have as many perfectionism tendencies. So firstly, um, the activity in the prefrontal cortex is increased, right? So the prefrontal cortex is responsible for planning, decision-making, and impulse control. And so studies have shown that perfectionists, they actually have more activity in this part of the brain because the prefrontal cortex is involved with that planning. And this is why perfectionists might need to plan more carefully what they do and how they behave more carefully to make sure that they're doing perfectly. So that planning is where that increased prefrontal cortex activity is. And that's what we think, right? The second one is the increased activation of the amygdala. So that's what I just said in that little map, right? So the amygdala is part of the brain that processes our positive and negative emotions, right? It's our emotional hub. So perfectionists could more likely be worrying and feeling anxious about a situation. And that's when the amygdala is just, it's hyperactivated. It's processing all of these things. Oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to fail. Oh, if I do this, then I'm going to be so happy. You know, like it's processing so many different emotions that we create in our head. So that's why it's having that increased emotional state. And that um, when it when you are focusing on the perfectionism, research shows that there's a greater activation within the amygdala when exposed to negative feedback or stress. Right. And then um, another thing is the difference in gray matter volume. So gray matter volume is there's white matter and there's gray matter. Right. And some studies have found that perfectionism, perfectionists might vary in the volume of gray matter in specific brain regions compared to the neurotypical individual, including the anterior cingular cortex and the insula. And these parts of the brain regulate emotions and detect errors which could help explain the self-criticism and the anxiety that perfectionists often experience, right? And then lastly, like I kind of mentioned earlier, but not really, it's also there's increased levels of dopamine that we see in the brain. And dopamine, if you don't already know, it's a neurotransmitter and it's um, important in our motivation and our reward-seeking behavior. So when higher level of dopamine is driving you, it's that desire for more recognition and more achievement. So you're going to be working yourself up more to have higher goals. So in that chase for the goal, you're getting that dopamine hit to try and get that goal, right? So those are the four things that I kind of came across that actually perfectionists do light up different parts of the brains than the neurotypical individual, right? And I thought that was crazy and interesting because you're using different parts more often than the normal person just because you want everything to be perfect. You're stressing your brain out for no reason. That's just in general, right? Those are where it lights up in our brain. This is more the neurobiological side of it, right? Even though, yes, it is more psychology-based this episode, that's just kind of like the neuroscience behind it. But I wanted to uh, bring up another study because I also thought that this was interesting and it was more about like the neurobiological level of perfectionism, right? And so it was this article that I found and at the University of Cologne, they um, made this study. So 
they divided 75 participants into four main groups and they used the German version of Frost's multidimensional perfectionism scale, right? So group one was the non-perfectionists and they did not, they, they were not perfectionists. Group two scored really high, um, like they scored high for the evaluation concern perfectionism. So these are people with um, dimension focus on what other people think of them, zeroing on the negative evaluations in particular, right? So I think that one was more, if we were talking about earlier, that's the more like socially one where you're more obsessed with what the world's going to think of you. And then group three had high scores for a personal standard of perfectionism. And um, it's when, like I said earlier, it's that first one where it was more like self-oriented and you are the one exhibiting that perfectionism behavior. And then four was the one um, with high scores with both evaluative and personal standards of perfectionism. So they're just like, they're constantly amped up because they're the the big perfectionists, right? So one, non-perfectionists. Two, they're more like focused on the outside world of what they think of them. Three is more what they think of themselves. And four is just a combination of two and three. So what they did is they put, they asked each group to complete a task which was designed to ensure that all the participants made a lot of errors. And they used fMRI scans and um, they saw differences in brain activity, right? So for participants who would score high in personal standard perfectionism, the anterior cingulate cortex, which um, I kind of talked about it earlier, but it was the air processing part of the brain that was very active. And then um, people who had um, this personal standard perfectionism score, they also showed a slowing down process after they made the errors, which would allow them to learn from their mistakes and eventually correct their course. And then it was also in the fourth group where people who had both a personal and um, evaluative concerns for perfectionism. But what was interesting was that um, the people who had an evaluative concern perfectionism score, like, so they were just focused on um, the outside world, not more the inside world of themselves. They showed very little activity when they made a mistake and as well as very little post errors slowing down. So what is what does all this mean, right? So basically what these scientists concluded with is that the brains of people with more socially driven external judgment-based perfectionism appear to handle error management less effectively than the people with more self-motivated personal standard-based perfectionism. And then they saw these differences in the brain activation and it shows that it does prove that there are distinct types of perfectionism. So knowing which one that you are is really beneficial in combating how you are to approach a healthier mindset of, you know, of accomplishing your tasks rather than just, you know, trying to be a perfectionist. So I thought that that was really interesting because they proved that different types of perfectionists have different ways of activating their brain and different responses to the same experiment, right? So I thought that that was worth mentioning because the next part is, you know, how are you going to combat this? How, if you, 
if you have been relating to everything that I've been saying and even doing this research myself, like I'm kind of like, it's bringing a lot back because I remember it all. Not that I don't do it anymore. I don't want to sound too much like that, but in the sense that when you are a perfectionist, you want, you want to always just be achieving stuff, but that's not always possible because you have to rest, you have to sleep, you have to, you know, just ground yourself once in a while. Obviously, it's good to have big ambitions, but I think that knowing what type of perfectionism you entertain is really important going forward. So my first tip that I have is to set realistic goals. And then the second thing it'll kind of tie in with that is to have hard deadlines. So let's say that you want to start a social media account, right? And your goal is to, if you were a perfectionist, your goal was to get to 10,000 followers, right? Let's just use Instagram. That is extremely hard to do um, unless you, I don't know, you you have like recognition or I, I don't know, maybe you're posting a lot. But that just to say that you want to reach 10,000 uh, followers in let's say two months obviously that's extremely unrealistic and it has been done before. Maybe you have some special formula I don't know about, but what's more realistic is let's say, okay, I can, what can I control that I'm not going to obsess over, right? I'm not going to obsess over the numbers. So I can control how many times I post a day. I can control what I'm posting a day and I can control the feedback that I give to other people so if they comment or something right this is just an example another example could be um you wanted to work out right and you said okay in three weeks I want to lose 10 pounds that's extremely hard unless you are restrictively dieting right so what you could do, what you could control that's not super duper obsessive is how many, like, what are you eating and the quality of the food you are eating? And then how many times a week are you working out? And if it's seven times a week, obviously you're going to burn out and it's going to end up horribly and you're going to be tired. Yes, you're going to have a lot of dopamine from and all the endorphins from working out, but that's not realistic, right? So setting hard deadlines for yourself is more realistic. If you say, okay, I'm committed to working three times a week. I have to work out three times a week and then I can only have one sweet at night, right? So those are realistic goals And instead of focusing less on the outcome and less on the results, you're focusing on the realistic things that you can do that will eventually get the 10 pounds off, that will eventually get those 10,000 followers, right? But you're at least, you know, being realistic about it. And you're not going to be so crushed when you don't hit that unrealistic goal And then you're going to be more scared of doing it in the first place is where those perfectionism tendencies come in, right? So those are my first two. Next, you have to, have to, have to, have to stop comparing your self-worth to others or to 
your achievements, you have to stop comparing that to anything else. You have to realize that you are who you are and you've come so far along, even just in the life that you've lived, you've accomplished so much that you might not be recognizing every single day. That's why people like to, you know, do gratitude journals, um, but that's a different episode topic. But um, so you have to be able to be secure in yourself enough to know that if I don't lose these 10 pounds or if I don't get those 10,000 followers, I'm okay with myself. I mean, obviously, you want to push hard. You want to achieve your goals, but you shouldn't measure your self-worth in that. And if somebody else did it faster than you, great, good for them. You know, like it's not always I'm a super competitive person honestly like at heart I've always been so competitive but it's something that I've had to learn is that you can't compare your achievements to someone else because you don't you don't know how much harder they probably thought about this or they might have had an easier idea to do or they might have just had better genetics or there's so many different things you can't even think of all the possibilities and that's just not your problem to think about your problems to think about are your problems and those are yours to reflect on and then you don't have to compare yourself to anything else once you're once you're secure enough to know that okay this is me like i'm not going to measure myself on my accomplishments then you can work on your accomplishments without the fear of you failing right because if you fail then it's like okay it's more of a reflection on the work not on myself right so i think that's the mindset shift that has to happen if you want to stop having perfectionism tendencies those are the three big tips that i have i mean obviously if you go online there's going to be like a bunch of like more surface level ones like challenge your negative thoughts or adopt a growth mindset or you know, enjoy the process or get to know yourself, right? Like, obviously, those are things that people work on every single day. And those are not to be discounted, but I just wanted to give something a little bit more measurable, a little bit something that you can change habitually rather than just like, oh, like, learn to love yourself. You know, like, obviously, like I'm saying, I'm not bashing any of those. Those are very important, just not for this like kind of actionable tip that I'm trying to I'm trying to give you anyways um I hope you guys enjoy this episode it was kind of a little bit more just about the research that I was doing and it was definitely more psychology focused but we got some neuroscience in there and um I think that perfectionism is a huge topic that a lot of people can relate to and I think like I've said this before but at one point in our lives, we've all had to like experience perfectionism. We all have to be passionate about something enough to want to make it perfect. Or even if it's just like a birthday party for someone else or even for yourself, or if it's just like making a card perfect or something, or I'm thinking of birthday ideas. Um, it could just be like getting the perfect grade or I don't know little things you know or just making your outfit look the perfect or just little things right so if I don't think that anybody can say they haven't experienced perfectionism that's just a personal opinion I could be totally wrong but I think that once you start realizing where it's coming from 
you can kind of backtrack it and, you know, make that actionable step to, okay, how can I approach this differently? How can I be, stop having that tunnel vision, if that makes sense? I think that's a good way to put it, is that perfectionism does rely on a lot of tunnel vision and how you are only focusing on your goals. And don't get me wrong, I don't want you, I'm such a, like, big, like, I try and achieve the biggest of things, but having small, realistic goals have is the only way that I get there. Again, I always recommend this Atomic Habits. That's that's how I get there, right? But um, I think that it's really important for us to talk about perfectionism because, yes, it's talked about. It's not the most pressing problem in the world. Obviously, there are a lot of other things that need much more attention, but so does perfectionism. And it, I think it's a lot of things that people deal with because it is related to anxiety and it is related to a lot of fear failure which is just you know a basic human fear that a lot of us fear and it's something that relates to anyone so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i definitely did it was really really interesting to research um let me know what you guys thought about it so um this was don't ghost your brain with camille casper um we talked about the psychology perfectionism today I hope you guys enjoyed um, and tune back in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you so much.